diddly do. I've got like three and a half minutes of me riffing for you. <laughs> you know it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's just it's just me doing like diddly doodly doos and, and, and all that to a, a, a certain song from a certain film that has recently come out. How are you doing, <laughs> bud? Oh man, uh I'm doing quite well. Um yeah, a lot of stuff personally has been going on. I can tell you off pod or on the pod. It's it's good news, but um it's pretty it's pretty crazy stuff, so I don't know. Um I guess I should just tell you we're uh we're moving back east, buddy. Oh shit. No way. Yeah, we're going uh I took uh my counterpart's job in Brooklyn, so you took Mon Schickdermott's job? <laughs> uh, yeah, my bizarro world. Uh... So, yeah, we're going to crash in Jersey at my folks for a while. So, uh, buddy. When are you guys moving? Wait, when are you guys moving? Uh, pretty soon. Like, we may use the flights we already had to Jersey to move, which was September 13th. So, Holy shit. Yeah. Sean. The most important thing here is because I was thinking about this the other day. If, if it's there's what I a think theater, if there's a theater that's gonna do the Dune double feature, I don't have to pay to go to LA. To... Yeah, buddy. I was, uh, I was thinking. Regardless, um, I'm gonna try to see it at Lincoln Center in uh, New York because that's the biggest IMAX in America. Holy shit! Oh, that's so. so I don't know. We'll if you, I don't. I don't know if you want to <laughs> trek to New York. I know that's a lot, but also I think, I'm um, going to see this movie a million times. So, I think for how dumb it is to do, uh, that's how that's how you convince me. It needs to be something that I want to do, but there's an extra layer of stupidity that will like <laughs> shot lit that will like make me go no this is the way it has to be done now <laughs> like you can't put the genie back in the bottle kind of thing so uh you know i'm convinced yeah so we're gonna be potting in person again dude oh my god dude fucking pot in person we're gonna be fucking cooper and george they're gonna have their puro podcast <laughs> cooper's cooper Poirot. That's my new favorite gag, uh, by the way. Because now every time I see shit about Kenneth Branagh coming back as Poirot, I'm just Very like, cool. Oh, yeah, the fucking there was a video game. That's it's not him, but it's I guess they like are making video games about the those books. And I was like, do I buy this? <laughs> <laughs> Only if it was like a Nintendo 3DS. Uh, whatever the new, what's the fuck is the new one called? I can't, I, it's something, I don't know, Tina Fey's in it, which is throwing me for a loop, but, um, yeah. The, oh, the yeah, Death on the Nile 3DS yeah, game. It's got like a, yeah, it's got like a different thing now, right? It's kind of a different. It's, it's in Venice. I think it's just a murder in Venice or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a little it's a little different phonetically sounding, or like the, the cadence is a little different maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Sean, um, real quick, who do you have in a fight in terms of weird boomer uh, somehow movie trilogy protagonists? Um, <laughs> uh, Kenneth Branagh's Poirot or uh, Robert Langdon as played by um, Tom Hanks? <laughs> we got. We got. 
I gotta go with Kenny Branagh because my Ooh. my guy shows up in the film we're about to talk about, and I I most of the people in this were like hilarious bits, right? Like okay, all right, are we going right we just, into Oppie? Should let's, we just let's... dive right into it? I think because that's the more fresh movie for me too. I came out, I'm I'm only like one day removed from this. That was gonna be my question because when you said that you'd seen it, I thought you were like a week out for some reason, like from seeing it because I knew you were seeing it later. Okay, so when? Wait, when did you see it and how? Give me, give me, give me, give me the deets, give me the juice. <laughs> All right, so we got um, IMAX seventy mil Ooh. film straight up uh, yeah. at the City Walk, which was amazing, fully packed, and I like I mm-hmm. said, I I couldn't see it until this past sunday because it was sold out so fast yeah. um day day week we could like early morning show everything so every even the ones at like 10 a.m on like a tuesday i was like, yes kidding me? Like, it was cr- it's crazy <laughs> so i was like fucking amped because i was like gail i haven't seen a 70 mil film here since probably dunkirk and it's great. It's gonna sound yeah. awesome. Like I can't fucking wait. It's it's. I was like really excited for this. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, fucking. I was like, I didn't have any issues with the sound because that was an issue. And I know I was gonna make a joke about Andrew's gonna sound. I was gonna make like a sound as an issue in this pod, but and also in the movie. <laughs> uh, did you have issues with sound? Well, um, well, I mean, Chris was um, walking me through how to get the mix right um, this whole time while we were having technical difficulties, and he said, just don't worry about it and the whole time, and I was like, okay, but I think I'm kind of worried about it. No, I didn't have any sound issues or anything. I think um, it's, this is going to be a weird thing just to say, but it's not as like loud as you would expect, you know? It's a different... Yes. This, really, it, it, this was like... I don't know. This was a, yeah. It was weird because I also saw it in seventy millimeter. Um, nice, seventy millimeter IMAX. I was uh, lucky enough to be at one of the thirty theaters in the world that can do it. And uh, did you have any previews or anything before? We got um, nothing on film because the film reel is fucking gigantic. But the yeah. yeah, we we sat we got there early because I was like I'm getting so many mixed messages about trailers and stuff. So I just gonna yeah. want to get there on time. So yeah. we saw all of them. Fucking Dune Part Two, full frame, looked so good the whole time Woo. too. I'm like, I cannot wait to see this shit. Yeah, it's I, gonna be the whole screen the whole time, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it probably will. Oh, fuck Dune, man. I've, I've, yeah, not to not to derail too much. Um, I've been reading the third book. Uh. And I gotta say, I'm really fucking digging the third book. The third book's so crazy, though. It's so crazy. It's it's becoming it's making it it it's like actually becoming existentially horrifying. This one, and I'm like, there's shit I didn't know what the hell they were talking about for the first like 20, 30 pages, and now they're like, this is what we've been talking about the whole time. And I'm like, no, that is horrifying. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, it's... that's kind of. I guess that's kind of like the first Dune in that sense too, where it's like, yeah, remember all that shit that you didn't think was important? It's crazy. Yeah, but there's no glossary after the first book. There's no glossary, at least in the books that I'm getting. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, what? You keep saying abomination like it means <laughs> something different. Uh, and I'm not talking about <laughs> Tim Roth, but <laughs> but I'm also just like, wait, what? What do you mean? Like they keep explaining. They're like, oh, we think someone made the choice to become abominate i'm like what does that mean and then they finally explained it and i was like 
Oh, this is actually horrifying. Yeah, Yeah, Dune is weird. I cannot wait to see if they keep making these fucking things. I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty big hit. I I kind of do, too. Based off of based off of this weekend, I we're at the we're at the turning point of, of a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, that's uh, the other well, thing. Well, the weekend that these two movies came out. Yeah. yeah, it's I I'm just like so giddy. I I'm loving everything about Barbenheimer. Um, it it is exactly what the movies needed. They saved the movies. Uh, step aside, Tom. Sorry. He's getting burned. I I looked it up a couple days after the weekend. It was maybe like Wednesday, where I was like, "Wait, but how did Mission Impossible do in its second weekend?" And it was beat by the QAnon movie. And I yeah. went, "Oh no, Tom." Yep. Yeah. It's <sighs> it's it, it. He he even pushed for an August release date. So I am still baffled by Paramount's decision to stay in this release window. When they Paramount. knew that Nolan had Oppenheimer and that Nolan is like the IMAX guy, you know? Yeah. Um, I was about to say, Paramount had two of the best reviewed, like, $200 million movies of the last like, couple years. Like, I, like, like truly, that, that came out this year. Fucking D&D is so goddamn charming and yeah. feels so refreshing. And it got completely bodied by Super Mario. And then Tommy... He came out and like you know the nerds like us were like ate it up that first week, but then just like, yeah, I because uh, like Oppie's having legs. They Oppie and Barbie dropped like forty three percent. That was that was the estimate. That's actual so an insane an insane second weekend. Like yeah. that's still like a top ten best drops. Um, oh, especially for Barbie, because Barbie opened to like 150, 160 or something, and then he was like one seventy five or something like that. It was crazy, right? Crazy. When I saw, okay, so I saw because now we we started on Oppie. Now, now we're now we're getting into the madness of it all. Um, I saw. I ended up seeing both in the same day because I because yeah, cause, dude. Because teacher summer, so I found my pinkest shirt and I saw Barbie in the morning. I missed the first maybe two minutes of Barbie partially because. I was just running late. And then I was talking to a concession stand guy because I really wanted a cherry Coke. And I went to one of the theaters in Philly, like the art house ones. Yeah. Because they're also giving out pins where if you see Barbie and Oppenheimer at one of like the Philly Film Center uh, theaters, they'll give you a pin that says I survived Barbenheimer. And I was like, that's awesome. The off chance I was, yeah, I want one really bad, but I'm like, in the off chance I see Oppenheimer twice, I kind of want to earn this pin. And I even thought about buying tickets for Oppenheimer just to be like, <laughs> Give me the pin, but then I, I, I didn't want stolen Valor, you know. Um, <laughs> I wanted to earn it. Uh, that's, that's fair. Look, I respect Sean, it. Sean, this is that dumb, this is what I was talking about with the Dune thing, where it's like, it has to be dumb. It does. <laughs> like, it does. I, I can be moved. I don't know if I'll see Oppenheimer a second time, but uh, just literally due to time. And there's like three other movies that just came up and I'm trying to squeeze in. But before that I is true. Back, we are getting um, a pretty strong finish to the summer. Like low key, yeah. Um, Meg two, baby. The Meg two, can't wait to go back to that trench. Uh, get out of the trench. There's more Megs to be had. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, what, what was this thing? Yeah, but I ended up seeing both. But I was talking to the concession guy. I wanted a cherry coke, right? They were out. They were out of everything. They only had like, they had like the weird. It was like Sprite and like something else uh, on the soda fountain, and they were out of most candies most ice creams most everything else 
And I just got like popcorn and a Sprite. And it was like, because I was like, I need some, I need, this is where I can have my movie concessions because I am not going to eat anything during off <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is, uh, that's a sign of a good weekend, right? Like, well, well, when you said that, I was like, you know, I was like, I, I literally said, I was like, you know, I was talking to uh, friends of mine and you, and who were like movie people and you, meaning you and Phil in, in our chat. And I was like, you gotta just love to see it. And then I said, what I think, and maybe this is my opinion of it, uh, I think this is like a director-driven weekend. 100%. Like, I I don't know if, like, everybody knows about Greta Gerwig, but at least they do now, where it feels like it's, like, everyone knows it's a Nolan movie, that they're, they're we'll talk about it when we talk more, more about Oppenheimer, but it's, like, a, a Nolan movie is its own thing. Uh, Gerwig fucking rules. Uh, and it feels like it's like the excitement for the Barbie movie isn't just that it's like made by some like schmuck or whatever, but it's like something no. with an actual vision and an, like and an idea about all this stuff. So it was just it's just cool that everybody was like going out and embracing how silly it was. There's that guy in Philly apparently who <laughs> took his pink cowboy hat off to yeah, salute Nicole. Um, I. I I wholeheartedly agree. I also I kind of vaguely think be, slash believe that the film nerds were kind of the ones that started this whole meme with in the beginning, because that's who would latch on to the insanity of Warner Brothers and Universal doing this. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like yeah, like the film nerds are like this is insane. Greta Gerwig is incredible and they're kind of fucking them both over by doing this and they kind of willed it into existence that that wasn't going to be because like i've never seen something like this before well uh, i think part of it was that i mean just to you know cut to the chase but i don't think this is news to anybody both movies fucking rip <laughs> yeah that <laughs> is like a huge part of it um it's it's kind of like a thank god for both of them like me like Yes, they're both astonishing achievements. Like Greta Gerwig did that thing that I've been fascinated by recently. It's her third movie, and it's the one where she was given a lot of money, and then she was like, "Okay, here's what I can do." And it's fascinating to watch when directors have been doing that. And I feel like I, I, I cited a couple of them before. Nope, with Jordan Peele, The Northman, and then Bo is Afraid, and I think those are probably in descending order of quality. But then, then you got Barbie, and it's like I don't know. It's still fun. I don't know if it's better than like Little Women necessarily, because Little Women fucking rules. But uh, yeah, I mean all of her shit. Like Lady Bird is incredible. Um, I need to see more of the things that she's been in. I don't think I've seen a ton of like Noah Baumbach's movies, but I, I know she's in a lot of those. Yeah, I I think the last did Noah Baumbach do a Marriage Story? He did, and I've never gotten around to watching that. Yeah, Marriage Story was good. I like Marriage Story. Very, very real. You know, it didn't it didn't feel contrived or yeah. You know. um, I, I was I have to do a chunk of time where I watch all of the Netflix um, prestige plays <laughs> because some of my favorite directors have Netflix movies that I've never got around to watching. Roma, I've never seen. Never seen that Charlie, either. Charlie Kaufman's got one. Marriage story. I feel like there's like one or two others where I'm like, Richard Linklater like, has a movie. He's that astronaut one. Yeah, it's that's that the fucking. Cool. That's what I hate about fucking Netflix. Richard Linklater, one of my favorite directors, has a movie, and I could not give less of a shit. 
but that one's supposed to be like good too and it's like his rotoscope style and everything that's like, what i mean and again like alfonso curon one of my favorite directors i love i love all his movies but like roma has been out for a couple of years i'm like oh yeah i'll i'll wind up on my phone you know like <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a plain watch um but that's it, yeah that's, that's yeah. <laughs> it would be in another world it would be uh, and then I'd be like, why is this like four minutes of black and white titties bouncing around? God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, so fucking Christopher Nolan, um, mm-hmm. who I think takes the approach, him and Tom Cruise have a similar approach to filmmaking, which is we're going to waste a fuck ton of money and do what fucking people in their living rooms can't do on social media. Um, and I think that's how yeah. film is going to win. Um, or not win, yeah. but compete, I guess, uh, is like, yeah, do the fuck, destroy the train, you know, do, do yeah. all that because yeah. that's what puts the meat in the seats, baby. Um, that's the, that's the actual spectacle of it all. Like that's, uh, I, I, it's <laughs> no one knew how he was going to do the, the Trinity test, right? Like that was the thing, that was part of the thing that got people's butts in seats. And I think the movie that they got, it's not just about like, Oh, I can't wait to see all you like blows this up. But like, I, I got like a shoe fitting the other day because I have feet problems. I can never find shoes that fit. It's a whole thing. But I said something about like, Oh, I went, to, I saw off and I just threw it out there. I, I did that instead of going to run club. Uh, like my running club thing that I do on, on Wednesdays. Then he was like, yeah, what'd you think of the bomb? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I thought it was really fucking interesting actually. Like it was, but it wasn't, it's just weird that it was like, I don't know. some like you pen kid <laughs> being like a young Al Bundy, just <laughs> like, you know, helping me out. But like, what'd you think of the bomb? And I'm like, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah, that scene was horrifying, uh, as were a lot of scenes. Um, I, yeah, during the test, when the one guy ran out of the bunker, I, like, put my knees in my chest, and I went, what are you doing? I think I actually said it out loud. <laughs> and that's, and that's I, what's, oh, fuck, that's what's so crazy about all of this shit. It's just fucking dudes in the 40s just winging it and blowing shit up. And yep. it's like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? And the movie does that so well. It's. I was worried that it was going to be a little rah rah, you know, because the trailers it show is. him like waving his hand over. The, but it's also like you you see that, but then it's also undercut by like the best portrayal of a panic attack I've ever seen. You know what I mean, dude? I that okay. Well, let's go. Okay, it is. I completely agree with everything you're saying. A hundred and ten percent. It is not at all rah rah. I don't think it was set up to be rah-rah. I think some of the trailers I was worried because I was just like, this just looks horrifying. And I think yeah. it's, I think you're absolutely right. It, it absolutely, I saw, I think this is also important because I saw both movies both days. I did see Oppenheimer second. And I do think thematically they are linked into like the horrors of the patriarchy and the horrors of oh, the world. Yeah. Of men. And yeah. I was like, I was like, really didn't expect that to work as well as it did. But it, it fucking works. Yeah. I, I said that to Gail. I was like, it, it it weirdly does work as a double feature in that sense because i mean you can complain about you know i oppenheimer not passing the bechdel test and it's consistent but like that's what our government was and kind of still is um yes it's like it's 
it might it, could there have been more women speaking roles sure but it was like yes. that's kind of how it was and look what it resulted in you know like look what it gave us <laughs> look what it might result in yeah um, which we'll, we'll circle back we'll put a pin in that uh yes the i feel like i'm jumping around a little bit now but the uh that is basically what you just hit on is my I mean, that that is the real criticism of the movie. I think you have to go in kind of knowing the story that's being told, I yeah. guess. And it feel, it it still feels weird to be like two dudes. Like, well, I mean, you got to know it's like going to be about like dudes. Because that's like who's doing it. But it's like that was the, that is the choice that he's centering it on. Like Nolan, he's, he, all of his movies are... This hits a lot of the tropes, right? And he's never been great with female characters. Yes. Uh, all of his protagonists are just, like, white dudes in suits. Um, although I pointed out in my Letterboxd review at one point, not to do a, a big <laughs> tone pivot, but at one point in the black and white scene, I think it's in the, the hat flashback, uh, Oppenheimer is dressed exactly like the mask. Uh, but at no point in the movie does he does he ask or request anybody to stop him. And if he did, somebody stop gone. me, please, God! <laughs> somebody stop me! And isn't it crazy? There's like a suit up scene where he grabs like his pipe and shit. I was there, laughing. There are so <laughs> many weirdly like Avengery like when fucking Einstein shows out shows up from. I want to edit like Cap theater reactions to that where he just shows up at the end again um, oh god when alan alden when alden ehrenreich uh name drops jfk at the end yeah i was like i was like are we gonna cut to like fucking john ham is now in this movie and he's like jfk for like a scene but yeah that's like some of some of it was kind of intentional intentionally hilarious unintentionally hilarious but yeah alden ehrenreich was great and dude Everybody, okay. Just to round it back, I think I think this movie has some of the best uses of most of these actors. Yes, in like potential, like in uh, at this Dane, stage of their Dane DeHaan's entire career, um, maybe besides this, Chronicle. Okay, all right. So wait, I, I have a, I have a, I have an overarching theme here because I completely agree. I just want to say I think Florence Pugh is good. I think it's unfortunate that. Uh, it's a real life story. So her character is, uh, kills herself or it looks like someone kills her. So yeah. So there, yeah, they kind of, uh, threw in a black gloved hand. Uh, I think it's to imply there's, there's a conspiracy that she was murdered. And I think a lot of people are saying that the setup was that spoilers, I guess, Casey Affleck's character would might've been involved. So Casey Affleck did it. Um, or like yeah orchestrated it or something okay that's interesting he you know casey affleck really sucks but this was a good use of him like he really seems like one of those just like uh i don't want to sound like an asshole but just like one of those dudes who's just like super intense just like robot militant military kind of dude who's just like but can also wheel and deal but it's just like you just kind of seem like a robot (laughs) like he kind of just you're not a real person yeah where it's just like no but i'm doing the right thing and it's like it's like well do you have anything else and it's like what do you mean it's like oh okay buddy <laughs> like he just he plays like a, a dude who's just like 
a weird fucking robot. So it's like when Casey Affleck shows up in this movie, it sucks. But then it's also just like, well, I don't like him on multiple levels. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's like I mean, it sucks that he's getting work, I guess. But uh, yeah. he sounded a lot like Ben. I was like, is fucking Ben Affleck in this movie? Yeah, because uh, they don't show his face right away. It's like from behind him. Yeah, um, they do a weird like reveal, but um, yeah, but the, but yeah, the, he was yeah that was that was that sucked. But then I was in. But Florence Pugh, I think, is really good in the scenes that she's in. She's always good. Um, it's just I feel like no one, like Inception has similar themes, and I feel like it's popped up and maybe and maybe is another one of his movies where it pops up, and it's just kind of like. Yeah, it's just like it's weird, weird, um, weird storytelling kind of uh, echo. Yeah, he 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 kind of went to the Zack Snyder school of sex scene blocking. Um. <laughs> yeah, that sex scene was crazy. It was That's wild. where the quote comes I, in. I I I was like, is he gonna? When she pulled the book out, I was like, is is that is this gonna happen? Is yeah. it is it is he gonna do it now? Like. <laughs> Because I, I was like, it's going to be contrived if he says it when the bomb goes off. Yeah. Um, and then they picked the arguably worst place. To <laughs> well, I saw something that was like, it makes sense in the way. And I was already like, okay, all right, you're on thin ice. But it was like, they're, they're like, it, it ties back to his cheating on his wife. So it's like, yeah. When he's already kind of in some form of self-destruction, uh, and then they're saying, like, he's looking at the Trinity test, which is just, like, it would be a... a the world has never seen that. And it's almost like a Lovecraftian horror where it's, like, he can't make any sense out of what he's seeing. All he can do is kind of connect to some sort of weird emotional echo. Um, and I was like, I don't know. All right. I was like, okay, I can't, you know, I'll... I'll buy that for I'll buy, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Um, yeah. yeah, there. Um, I, I, uh, there was a thing with, um, with Florence Pugh's character and how like she is a direct link to death with him. So it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, that is. It, it's like important to really show her and that side of his life because he he kind of takes that death very personal and you know as if he he had done it which also is yeah. another thing i interpreted with that hand like that's his hand or like him uh yeah. doing that um which i was like i oh, think yeah, that it's a, that's an interesting read too yeah because i mean their relationship is i think well presented in that like he like that is like his like actual He's... love but he can't like she's clearly not like he's not the type he they they can't actually care for each other beyond like the um like strong physical and emotion like like uh emotional kind of aspect to it like they can't those two can't be like partners um but everything else is there and i think that you kind of get that uh read from it I thought. Yeah. Like, and like I like I know the nudity is kind of gratuitous, but that scene where they're talking I thought was good because it's they're they can be there. naked. Yeah, they're they're out and open with each other and that's the only time he feels that way. I was a little disappointed exactly. to see that big old dick, but you know, whatever. I 
Yeah, I mean, we were all waiting for it. I, I was, I was like, come on, here. I was hyping this dong up all week. Come on, fucking hangs dong in this movie. He didn't, but I mean, the scene where Einstein just jacks it is like, I mean, it's really well done. He, uh, off of that, I uh, off of that, um, our other two female characters are uh, Emily Blunt and um, Judge Anderson from Dread, uh, who I was right. thrilled. I was thrilled, Bead, to see. <laughs> that's that's her name. Um, her pop up in that. I was like, is that Judge Anderson? Because if Judge Anderson's in this thing, that fucking rules. And it was. I. Uh, which is. Uh, nice cast, you but. think Nolan's a fan of Juno? Elliot Page, uh, in uh, Inception. Probably, actually. I I've been doing that. I've been playing that game all like the last two days. Well, I'm like, what's Nolan been watching for this cat? Like the boys, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I didn't think about that. Um, oh my god! Yeah, because okay, I I need to bring this up because after I saw both movies, I made an Instagram poll, which was yeah, which movie do you think had a, a bigger collection of Hollywood's cute cute boys? Um, <laughs> and it, it I think Oppenheimer first, might win, dude. <laughs> I the best the the best take that I saw was my friend Jack said um, Oppenheimer has the higher average, but Michael Sarah has Alan all day, and I was like. That's yeah. pretty good. I I, was, I kind of vote Oppie because it's we we started t- talking about this, but it's it's um a lot of them are also former former Hollywood cute boys who are now this movie is that like either no one's been paying attention and they've made the turn to co- character actors or they are actively turning into a character actor kind of thing yep. like fucking Josh Hartnett, perfect example. Oh my! He was he was so good, and he was he, gonna be fucking Batman. Apparently, what, what no is, one wanted him he, for Batman, and he was like, "No, I don't want to do a comic book movie." Well, because Hartnett, like, I feel like he like left the the. He might not have been SAG for a while or something. Like he he did something weird for like ten years, where like, he hasn't he wasn't, been in much that I've. But seen. he's been. He's been slowly creeping back. Like, Penny Dreadful, apparently, he was, like, back in that. He's been slowly creeping back in and stuff. But, like, he's just, like, wide now. He's like, hi, I'm wide Josh Hartnett. It's like, you're not, like, bit. Like, you're just, you're just kind of, like, a block. Like, he's, like, the most American, like, 1950s-ish, like, American-seeming dude. And I'm like, great casting. The, the, yeah, the way his clothes fit, he's just, some, I forget who pointed it out, but they were, I think it was blank check, they were like, you have all the nerdy, scrawny, theoretical physics guys, and then you have the big, beefy, practical guy. Yep. He seems <laughs> like, like jock. Your, he seems like your friend's dad, who's also like the high school history and like rowing coach or something. You know what yeah. I mean? He's got like that like vibe. He's got like massive like, biceps under that shirt. Exactly, exactly. And it's, but like, also just like a fucking really just like nice dude all around. Where it's like, okay, well, thanks, Mr. Hartnett. <laughs> Golly, Mr. Hartnett. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, um, who else? Wait, sorry. Because th- this, the cast is like insane. Like, Rami Malik is like a comedic extra for like two thirds of the movie until he's not. It's crazy. I it's was... crazy. I was pr- literally praying that that was going to be it for him. I didn't, I was Same. like, I was kind of like, oh man, he's got a scene. That's kind of what gave it away. But I was like, if if he, yeah. if this is his like follow up to an Oscar win, amazing. I would love it. 
Amazing. Well, I guess the... he did technically no time to die, but that was you know kind of pre-COVID and stuff. But right, uh, right. Like, goddamn, that was. I was like, this. He's just fucking making faces. That's it. I love it. I because he's such a weird looking dude. I'm like, this is the funniest thing either of them have ever done. If this is all it is, because <laughs> um, also the guy that he's paired up with is goofy as shit too. I don't know who it was, but like, whoever that guy was was goofy as fuck. Um, but I, I said to my brother after because I saw it with my brother. Um, I said it was like uh, in um, a Christmas Carol, uh, at least in the Muppet version. Bunsen and Beaker keep showing up asking for donations, and then at the end, Scrooge gives them a bunch of donations, and that was basically Rami Malek. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oppenheimer was a dick to him, and then it was like, well, okay, you're actually all right. Like, <laughs> um, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Ar- An- Aragno Ar- from Sky High, he's in it, right? Uh, Jack Quaid, Jack Quaid, jo- uh, Josh Peck, Josh Peck, Zucker, I think his name is from Sex Drive. Um, dude from Sex Drive, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's Dane in Dehan. it. Dane DeHaan. Dane, Dane DeHaan. Okay, so I was thinking about this. He is. He could. He could do like a Brad Dorif, right? Like yeah. he could go really Dorif, like because he is just like in this, especially. It's like, oh, your features are kind of. I don't know if any of this is makeup, but you're going in weird directions. Um, <laughs> speaking of. Speaking of, I I, scre- I I was so happy my brother understood what I'm about to say, but uh, David Crumholtz is just turning into Mayor Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy's name? He is. Oh, he just passed away, didn't he? Fucking. Um... He did. He oh did. shit! What's his name? Um. I yeah. We definitely. I'm afraid to shouted him out. Click on anything on my computer to Google. It's his all right. I got it right now. I'm pulling it up. Godzilla '98. Um... <laughs> Oh man, uh, Michael Lerner, R.I.P. Michael Lerner, he died uh, April eighth this year. Mm. Um, yeah, Crumholtz. I fucking was so I was so happy to see Crumholtz. Um, what? When are you unhappy to see Crumholtz? That's true. You know what that I mean? Is true. That's true. Um, and he's just like eat, and I'm like, I like this guy. I don't know. If, was he in makeup or is Crumholtz just? I think he's Krumholtz. getting big. I think he's getting big. Um, yeah. And then no, like. Hey, hey. The character is the character actorization that's going on throughout this movie. It's amazing. You'll love to see it. It's like a cocoon. <laughs> Benny Safdie is getting into it too. Benny Safdie, you know what's the funniest? <laughs> okay, here's my thing with Benny Saf- Safdie. All right, right. He always looks like he just either ate a bunch of really spicy wings or the greasiest <laughs> pizza in the world. And then there's a scene in this movie where he smears a bunch of fucking 1940s, like, sunscreen zinc paste all over his face. And I'm like, come on, leave the man alone. <laughs> he's already so greasy. That line, that line fucking killed me when he's, he asked if it was rubbed in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tension in that scene is so good, dude. The, the, uh, the fucking build up so to scared. the... The build up to the test, and then they drop like a couple of jokes within it too, because it's just these fucking—they're just guys. Like they don't know if it's gonna go well or not, yeah. and we're all like, we know what's gonna happen. So, I, and- I think Star, it, like in terms of that like weird tone that you're talking about, it's the Matt Damon who this is. I, I was uh, just—I uh, was knocking on this earlier, but this is the best use of Matt Damon in like a fucking oh decade. fucking um, i everyone's praising downey i'm like dude i think damon might have it honestly he's so good and he's like you really like him 
but you also like he's he, it's the best use of Matt Damon in, in like yeah it's since the crypto maybe the Martian uh yeah yeah but I think that this works I don't know but that it's just that scene where he's like drunk with Oppenheimer before the test they're waiting for the weather to go and like Damon's character is just like all red in the face and he's like so there's a chance that they're gonna ignite the uh atmosphere and he's like well i mean it's near zero he's like near zero (laughs) he plays that so fucking well it's in the trailer but like in the movie it's like it's it the context is so different in the movie and i loved it in the movie and i think they used a couple different takes than the trailer maybe um well yeah he's like it's gonna ignite the atmosphere and then there's the one where oppenheimer goes (laughs) (laughs) part-time Partly. Um, <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, that he he was really fucking funny. Um, yeah, it's see where he was screaming at the guy who didn't want to. Yeah, it's the, the most important thing in the fucking history of the world. Um, <laughs> he's like he's at like a fifteen, and he's just like that guy fucking sucked. And it's like it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh Dude, man. The, yeah, okay, but the bomb going off scene, like Jack Quaid. They, there's so many little setups where it's like. I was expecting them to show char- like I was expecting Jack Quaid's eyes to melt out of his skin, or the one guy who ran out of the bunker to watch on the hill and watch it directly. I expected him to get like burned up or something, but like you can only assume that all these guys died of cancer, like you know, like yeah, at some point. I mean, uh, Oppenheimer didn't live very long either. No, and he like looked well, at least how they make him up in the when he's like old and. and teeny tiny at the end it was like oh he doesn't look good um but like it's the horror of like jack quaid's like no i don't need sunglasses i got the glass from the windshield will protect me it's like based off of what pal like (laughs) yeah and benny safty even says he's like what's gonna protect you from the glass (laughs) yeah (laughs) it shatters (laughs) yeah Uh, that's like well that's also kind of what what's what I loved about this too was that it is it is really showing you how gritty and kind of insane science can be. Um, oh yeah, and it's it's not just like super sterile and you know it's like no it's it was great. I they balance he ba- Nolan balanced the good and the bad so well. Um, like uh, the bomb goes off and there's like another hour plus left too. You know. I assume it. I, I didn't hear this, but just from the feel of it, I assume the bomb is the like midway point. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. It was probably at least an hour after, maybe more. Yeah, you're right. It's at least like it's it's like halfway to two thirds of the movie, I think, because then it kind of accelerates. And I was thinking about it after too. Like I wasn't sure how many. There's a lot of like nature shots and stuff like that in the first half. I feel like there's like nothing like that in like the second like after a bomb goes off. I feel like there's there's got to yeah. be there's not the like second landscape. Half, yeah, because the IMAX of it all is really about like the scope of people's faces and stuff. Because even the bomb sequence, it's really the one big fireball that kind of takes up the full frame. Yeah, but it's dude. Isn't it crazy that it's quiet? Oh, and all you hear is his breathing. It's insane. It's just, it's just quiet, and then the whole t- that it lulls you into that sense where you're like, "Oh my god, like this is fucking crazy." It's all fire and shit. Like wow, it's like oh, wow, this is crazy. They're not doing any sound. 
Like, jump scare. <laughs> it's like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Well, let's, yeah. and that I, I listened to a podcast that kind of broke down all the parts of the Manhattan Project, and it was, they described how when they, when they tested it, it felt like an eternity before they could hear the sound, and, you know, the fireball just felt like it went on forever, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that is a really good Whoa. representation of that and how they experienced it. Um, yeah. It like it's like time stood still, you know, in a way. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn, terrifying. God damn, Chris, God damn, Christopher. And then, meanwhile, it's like Matt Damon on the hill, and they're like, okay, after you see the flash of light, you can turn around and use your welder's glass to look at the explosion. <laughs> it's like they're all uncovered. It's like it's insane. You look through this square of glass. I was like, oh my god, like, oh absolutely god. insane. Yeah absolutely yeah. insane yeah and like sorry go ahead well i was gonna say and it is that like it's exactly what you're saying where it's like showing the uh i don't know if rugged is the right word but it's it's that like down and dirty sort of like we don't know shit but we're playing with we're literally playing with fire um aspect to the whole thing where it's like both commendable and horrifying and like stupid but also like smart as fuck it's it's yeah, it's crazy. The whole movie, you like, don't want it to happen, but you know it's gonna. It's crazy. Yeah, right. Crazy. You're like, I wish there was a, a timeline in which this didn't happen or have to, even have to happen. Um, yeah, because it, yeah. it it is painted as like a well. What if if we don't do anything? I mean, the Nazis are gonna fucking maybe get it. And do you do you really want to trust them with this shit? No. Um, yeah. So. It, it and then they they also touched on a lot of the controversy of even dropping them in the first place which was like do, would japan even surrender like they probably would have surrendered um yes but but, we, but then you have the scene with um gary oldman who i was like what the oh my fuck <laughs> gary oldman as as truman who's just like he's playing all um, the world war ii leaders yeah Yes, that's exactly right. He was all made up, and it was like, yeah. Um, I can't wait for uh, the the uh, Tim stories. Um, Gary Oldman in the UN uh, or the League of Nations, <laughs> and it's Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman, <laughs> Gary Oldman. And it's like a clumps. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know why I said it was going to be Tim Story, but I, I don't. Did he do the Nutty Professor? I don't know. That sounds right. Professor. It might have been. He did oh, the barbershop man. movies. That sounds right. Wires. Um, but uh, Truman's such an asshole where it's just like, no one's going to remember you dropped the bomb. Like, you built it. Uh, everyone, everyone knows that I dropped it. And it was like, it was like, oh, did you want to be remembered for doing that? Yep. Like, there's that air of that in that scene. Oh, yeah. Crybaby. And it's like, yeah, he's oh. a fucking monster. He's a piece yeah. of shit. Fuck Harry Truman. Um, well, well, once they... Once they complete the test it just immediately is taken from him and yep. he, there's no consideration you don't get to say how it's used you don't get to have any consideration there's literally the one guy who's like we'll take it from here mr oppenheimer and it's like huh what it, it is horrifying where it's like yeah. oh you can just mass produce this now that we figured out and showed you how to do it it doesn't matter like now that it's, now that now that the genie's out you it's the you can't put the genie back in the bottle kind of, kind of thing yeah it, it really is that and that scene is that scene really hit me too when the two trucks are just going off and you're just like uh, yeah. uh, uh, what um, yeah 
it happens and that, so quickly and it's like oh those are the only other two bombs that they had like which is also crazy because they were gonna they dropped the second one on Nagasaki to show everyone that we'll just keep doing it which isn't wasn't even really true at the time yeah. it's fucking well, crazy dude it's fucked so Jam- fucked up it's so fucked up when James Remar is uh oh my god the whole thing and he's like well you know we uh I like this place. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we honeymooned there. <laughs> I like that a lot of people like zeroed out that scene where they're like, "She that the the that's like the horror of like bureaucracy kind of bullshit." Yeah, well, that, like... that is that's the movie in a nutshell. It is the horror of bureaucracy and yeah. just giving people such a narrow view of what they have to do for it to work. So that when the time comes for it to get taken away, they're they don't even they're not even thinking about that because they're so yeah. like, you know, like you're doing this one part of the this component. That's it, and it's still happening to this day. It's like they don't they don't want these people to know what they're really. They want them to be removed from it. Yeah, uh, it's insane because it works. But then the yeah. second half of it with RDJ feels very. Um, <clears throat> that's the stuff that feels like why the story actually does feel important. Yes. How it's told and why it's being told right now, because it's basically just like, a, like some political fucking ghoul, um, specifically trying to destroy a scientist, uh, who is decrying, like we're destroying the earth basically. And it's like, Oh God, global warming. Also not just nukes, but like yep. so many other things, the All horror of the, the politi- political politicalization of like science is the horror of that is, um, I think woven throughout the film until it's, I could believe that ending. Not to keep jumping around, but Oh, with, uh, with Einstein, it was amazing. With, amazing. with Einstein, who, I think in those final scenes, I was like, oh, shit, he fixed Batman's back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know until I saw that picture on Facebook. I was like, holy shit. When you sent it to me, guy. I was like, yeah. I, was, I was proud because I had figured it out uh, at one point. Remember that one part in The Dark Knight Rises? Not to do another tone shift, but that one part in The Dark Knight Rises where he's like, you know, it was a little girl. He, uh, she uh, climbed out, you know, like out of the, uh, and he, he kind of like stumbles over his words. <laughs> You know, you know that line I'm talking about. <laughs> out of the pit. Yeah, he says. He says he's like out of the pit. You know, the hole. He he, he does some weird, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you get the gist, like kind of kind of thing. Yeah. He had he had a he had a line as Einstein that like unlocked it for me, where I was like, I was like, oh yes, and Einstein's <laughs> not hanging out with James Urbaniak for some reason. Um, I was from wondering if that was Rubin. James Urbaniak. Yeah, one scene. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck do I know that that's James Urbaniak? <laughs> you big review head? <laughs> um, I actually worked with him on a thing. Really? Yeah, he's great. Oh, that's fucking... He seems, he seems like an interesting dude. He's If you've ever seen Review, Review is fucking awesome. Okay, let's he's, check that he's out. He's really funny. He does a lot of guest roles and stuff on shows too. He's like on every comedy. He's yeah, like, I think he shows up in the office. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, fucking yeah. James Urbaniak, holy shit! Um, he's the producer on um, in the, the TV show review with Andy Daly's character goes and he reviews life events, um, and then it <laughs> it eventually gets like a narrative kind of link 
but he's like the creepy producer who's just basically trying to keep him in, in the show. It's fucking awesome. I highly recommend it. It's only like 20 or so episodes. Like it's, it's, okay. it's bingeable. Um, anyways, yeah. anyways, but the ending, the Einstein thing, their conversation, and then just fucking Alvin Ehrenreich just absolutely bodying RDJ. Oh yeah. Like, probably weren't even talking about you, you weirdo. Like you suck. <laughs> It's like, well, what, what were they talking about? It's like, oh, just that we probably destroyed the world. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, it's like, dude, we're not we're not even thinking about you, dude. We're thinking that we got so much other shit going on, dude. You you yeah, weren't at exactly. Los Alamos. You wouldn't even fucking know, bro. You wouldn't even fucking know, dude. Yeah, because it's like, at, earlier on in the movie, I feel like someone has a dream or something, and they show one image of, like, a rocket, right? Um, yes. Not... Dustin, oh my god, Dust Malchin's in this movie. Uh, yep. Jesus Christ, all the all the cute boys. The um, I was about to say that it's. I don't think it's the one of the rock. Like you see the rocket flying over, and then Oppenheimer's flying with the same plane. But there's one where it's just a rocket standing straight up, right? You know the shot I'm talking about. Yes, and then they cut back to it later at the end of the movie, and it's like three or four, right? That, but they do like a camera pan where you see them now. There's, there's like a bunch of them. Yes, that fucking reveal is so scary. It is yes. so scary. Where you're like, you're like, oh my god, and then you just see all the missiles going off, and it's like, oh my god, yeah. Atmosphere ignites, and I was like, this is well. <laughs> Good thing we have uh, JFK on it because that's also crazy because it's like maybe he deserved to get a shout out because he did avert us from nuclear war probably the closest to it i hope um uh yeah it it is (sighs) robert Downey jr is so good in this and it's like the first time he's acted since tropic thunder yeah yeah apparently he was saying in interviews he's like do i even remember how to do this (laughs) like which i mean that is probably a crazy thing to have to go through as an actor you're like i've been doing the same thing for 12 years now basically that got farther and farther and farther away from like quote-unquote real acting <laughs> yeah and it, he just kept making more and more money so it's was he gonna say no exactly um, and probably um, working less and less you know what i mean um oh my god as we've talked about the floating head of it all and it's like eventually yeah. the shoulder pads went away and it's like yeah um it's great to see I was him about back. To say, he was great. I will say, I think the beginning of the movie moves so fast and not knowing what the effect of the black and white was and what the, all the storylines were and stuff like that. I think a second viewing would help. I, know. I didn't know what the fuck was going on for his section for a little while. And then it's like the scene where he kind of reveals where he's like, it was me. It was me the whole time. Like I've been pulling all the strings. Like, I'm the author of your pain, Oppenheimer. <laughs> he does it. Uh, <laughs> he really does. Meal. Yeah. I thought that was when I was like, oh, okay, this, is, this dude just is like a political wheeler dealer who just kind of like sucks. I'm like, worthy dude who just, it got under his crawl. Like Oppenheimer got under his crawl one time and embarrassed him and just like, he just tried to ruin his fucking life. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. And also, it's like, yeah, that's that's the kind of fucking petty bullshit. And our foreign policy and nuclear policy was probably 
you know, altered because of these decisions. You know what I mean? Because they kicked the, they kicked yeah. his ass out. They're like, you're done, dude. And they didn't yeah. give him his security clearance back po- until posthumously, like two years ago. Really? For Strauss? No, for uh, Oppenheimer. They gave Oppenheimer his security. They gave him an award at the end of the movie, but that wasn't his security clearance. I read, I was reading online that they huh. didn't do it until like two years ago. And the um, people that wrote the book like were there and accepted the award. Oh, did Trump, did did fucking Trump do it? Didn't Trump do it for some bullshit? Like, I don't know. That feels like something he would do. He'd be like, "Yeah, all right, we're gonna do this." It's, um, it's a great. meaningless gesture. Why not? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but also, it's... I love nukes, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> please don't. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, that the anxiety of that was very real for a good while, and still is now. And um, yeah, I think this was a good. Uh, this this came out at, at the right time. It was it was good timing for I think everyone. What I had a thought after, which was because I agree and th- I agree with all that hundred percent. And to add to that, thought I had after seeing the movie was like, you and I obviously didn't grow up under the thumb of the Cold War, but there's generations that all had to do like duck and cover drills yep. and have to actually have the fear of like thermonuclear war just annihilating everybody because it was just like this is what's going to happen with russia i feel like this movie was just like do you get it <laughs> like it's like yeah i do this this sucks yeah like, yeah it's, it's it's yeah it's it's the um uh being cursed with like terrible knowledge of, of it all where it's like yeah. this is yeah well because i mean it does kind of like that's a good point that you've made because it kind of explains our parents a lot and like how the boomers operate uh, oh, because yeah. they, they had to do that shit in school. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously a lot different than what kids in schools experience now and what the drills they're doing in school, but is time a fucking flat circle, you know? Yep. Yeah. Man. So things are repeating in different horrifying ways. And I think it's, um, because I think you can get into the metaphor of like um, killing each other. Did we, you know, burn the world? Like, did we destroy the world? And it's like, what are the things that were made possible as a result? And then just the, um, just even the concept of being able to destroy the earth. Like, that wasn't as like probably widespread. Like, I feel like that's like an unfat, like, you, that's like, you can't even fathom that. But now it's such a widespread, just like idea. Well, I'm having a oh my god, it's like yeah, the idea that humans can even do it probably infected the minds of. Oh God, I don't know. Am I getting too big? No, <laughs> I mean that is a that is a that is a a lot to wrestle with. And like, uh, was it Dan Carlin, Hardcore History? Um, okay. He he was he was basically saying how it was like the first televised. A presidential debate was between Kennedy and Nixon over who was going to be the most dangerous person to ever live in human history because oh. they, they would have access to everything. You know what I mean? It's like, Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like, fucking insane. Yeah, and I I think this movie kind of at some, at some point kind of gets to there, you know? It kind of puts that idea in your head of like yeah, the president is kind of the most dangerous person, potentially. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Just anybody who just has... A, it's it's the... 
has access to this, but doesn't quite understand like the insane power that it is. It's it's the we'll take it from here, Mister Oppenheimer, of it yep. all. And just well, going and taking it and being like, we can make this forever. The um, even crazier, so the scarier and even crazier part of this all was like they didn't have a chain of command for any of this when those bombs got made and dropped. It was like, aren't they just going to give these to the military and they can just use them at their discretion? Like that was a thought at one point. Yeah. And it's like, Oh God, Jesus Christ. Like you didn't even think of that before you did like, what the fuck guys? And then dropping him. Yeah. That's, and they don't show, any of the devastation on Japan, which is a definite choice. Yes. Um, and the horrors of that, what it does to people um, and has done and continues to do to people. Um, but you see like a presentation where Oppenheimer's there watching, you're watching his reactions to images of all like of, of people affected by like the bombs and killed by it and it's just like that's again for for the scope of, this, of what the story is being told it's it's more horrifying that way because it's just like i don't know it's, it's focused it's, it's it's focused on him yeah but and again i, I don't know just being too like white dudes being like, yeah i mean you know he's got focus on him because he's like you know he's the important guy it's like well it's not it, but it's also just a Every story can't tell every story, and it's it's focused on just the one guy. Where it's that it's a I don't know. It's 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 also just like what power he weld wielded. How did he use it? What incredible things he was able to accomplish, but at what cost? Like I've seen things coming out where it's like the land that they built Los Alamos on. They just like displaced a bunch of people and then anyone else who's downwind from the tests is just like fuck like you know it's fucked generations Um, yeah yeah and it's from displacing them from their land and then just the radiation coming in and then just the combination of those things like the physical mental emotional toll it's just (laughs) it they're just like cursed objects right it really is And and it's also like this movie already is three hours long so I mean, shit, you could you, this could be a 24-hour miniseries if you want it to be Ken Burns style. Yeah. Um yeah. and I I'm sure I'm sure Ken Burns has done something about this. Um but for that, then you have to just do it as a documentary. I exactly. think for this, it's scope in what it's trying to I saw a one-to-one parallel at the end about like the global warming of it all where it's like Absolutely. the the or just the me- like the people in charge are not the same people who understand the forces at play beyond their own political like ambitions and stuff like that. Those things do not align. And it's like you're not going to have somebody who can like Oppenheimer can't be a politician because it's like number one they wouldn't let him even though he had some of the skills to be able to do it. They like pushed him out, but also they didn't. Like he got used, and once he was used as a scientist, it was like that's all you get. Kind of, it's it's yep. it is. It's a very interesting fucking story in a way that I didn't expect it to be as interesting as it is. And uh, yeah, it's a three-hour yeah. court procedural almost. 
<laughs> oh, that was I was gonna. I kept saying that. Uh, you know how we were talking about how Indiana Jones, they were like, yeah, we want to make Raiders of the Lost Ark is um, all the good parts. Yeah, I can't Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's all the good parts. This movie's like all the boring parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This Except for like, the bomb scene, yeah. And it and, and it managed to make all those parts really compelling and terrifying and interesting. Yeah. It's well, crazy. What, we got to talk about one other scene, though. Um, at the very least, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about other stuff. Because not just the bomb. I think the best scene of Christopher Nolan's whole career is in this movie. It is the um, post-test. He the gives scene. the speech. Yeah. The gym scene. Yeah, I agree. The whole movie, you're hearing the like the, the, and it sounds like a train or something. It's all the it's all that noise. That yeah yeah. There you go. And the whole movie, you're like, okay, what is that? That's trains. And they do it a couple times. You're like, okay, I don't really know what that is. Still, like, I think I know what that is, but I don't really know. Uh, and you hear it whenever like things are really in motion or things are really tense, and then it's like, okay, all right. They do it a couple times throughout. But then it's the scene after the test, and it's it's the stomping of the feet rhythmically of people cheering for him in a gym after they've done the test. And it's the horror of he's done it, and everyone's rabid, and they're so excited, and there's the weird nationalism, and everyone's cheering. That's after they drop the bomb. That was after they drop the bomb? That's after, that's after they drop the bomb. Because he's the, oh, one of the I lines forgot. he says is, I don't think Japan liked it or something like that. Oh right, right. Yeah. I forgot it was after that, and that makes it that makes it worse because it's like now they're just relishing in like mass devastation, yeah, and have no idea what's going on. Oh my god, I forgot it was after they actually did it. That's yeah, that's God, and he and he's just haunted before and after the the fucking use of what he's done by just like the cheers and applause of everybody is so it like jaw dropping it's, it's jaw dropping it is <laughs> i like i said it's like the best portrayal of a panic attack i've ever seen even if it wasn't an active panic attack it was like that's what it feel fucking feels like that's what it feels like and he's like picturing like people just like getting their skin peeled off and the lights are all bright and like the light slowly creeps in as the walls are like reverberating and it's like he can't even hear all the cheers and stuff it's oh fucking crazy yeah he hears like stomping and like he'll hear like one scream like a, a horrifying scream or something yeah uh, it's it's very that that scene was audibly louder i think too than the bomb which i think was definitely a choice you know like it, that it, it was right yeah and it feels like it's like structured there's a weird similar structure to both scenes it's like really similar um, yeah but yeah, it definitely feels louder and like it's more oppressive yeah. and like horrifying. It's it's so fucking good. Not not yeah. like in a good where I'm like oh, I can't wait to watch it again. But it's just like, uh, like oh, I, in a weird way though, I am kind of excited to rewatch this and really get more out of it. You know, like digest more. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, that it's it's so good in the in the filmmaking sense, right? Yeah, it's like it's a very uh-huh. well constructed. It's his probably his best film his most well-made film i don't know how do you you feel about that 
I think it is. I think it is all of his strengths and all of his weaknesses because we didn't really yeah. talk about MJ yeah. Blunt. Well, I, 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 we, I, we we were pretty negative in the beginning. I think we we went. Pretty we were. I, I I the last. I just wanted the Emily Blunt of it all. I did. Want yes. To, I want to slip this in before I forget. I think she's kind of wasted, and not just in terms of her <laughs> on-screen character. Yeah. Um, she's kind of like by the end, like she's Emily Blunt. She's always doing something a little bit more interesting, even when given not enough. But um, she's got a lot of like billowy sheets, being like, "You come home now, you Robert Oppenheimer. You come home after you. You don't have to build them that bomb of yours." Like, there's there's you some walk I'm... hard moments. Yeah, there's some walk hard moments. Yes. Absolutely, that is that is a better way to determine. That is a thousand percent it. It's that melodrama, and then it's like she's playing drunk and stuff, and that's it's, it, she gets a bit. She gets a really fucking awesome Emily Blunt scene at the end, though, where she just, oh, like, so good, knocks it. It's just like knocks it out of the park where she like slowly takes like. But that's another thing. Jason Isaacs, he's not. Come on. Oh yeah, Jason Clark. Yeah, mother. Or Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Yeah, um, but, John um, Connor himself. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I forgot about that. Oh my god! Every Somehow one of these people fate... has led a movie at one point or another, and mostly, oh most likely, a major movie at one point or another. It's crazy. Jesus Christ! How many John Connors has Nolan worked with? At least two. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Like Furlong, and then there's like Nick uh, Stahl. The, Nick Stahl, that's right. It's like Nick Stahl like popped up in this. I'm like, sure, he's the truck driver who picked up the bombs. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> okay, Nick Stahl. Okay. Um, uh, I was about to say, but um, um, well, one uh, last Emily Blunt thing was it did look like in IMAX her old age makeup. I I couldn't tell if it was if it just looked bad. Or if like her skin was super dry, something felt fell off, and I was like, I th- the IMAX is so <sighs> close up on people's faces, where I was like, this is fascinating to see faces this big, and I was in the uh, second row. I don't think I've said that, but oh um, shit, you were. Oh man, um, wasn't that I, bad actually? Really? Okay, that's good to know. Um, yeah. yeah, I I was gonna say I I, I noticed that I was wondering because they don't um they kept saying how there's no CGI in this, there's no CGI, there's no CGI. Um, I wonder if they kind of didn't do any like digital touch-ups on actors in this because like this the skin felt really real and uh-huh. there's like texture there, you know. I think no, I, I well, I think I reread that where, or saw something about that where it's like I, I think there's no 100% CGI shots. I think it's that there are yeah, it's combining of elements or doing everything as practical as possible, but then like you know it's a real. Because there's that one part where, um, uh, what's his name, Dan DeHaan goes into a closet and his eyes are glowing red, and then they like bring a candle forward, and then when they like shine it on him, he's just like made out of rats, and then the rats scurry off. Like they do a lot of stuff <laughs> in camera. <laughs> I was waiting for you to react. Like, where is this going? <laughs> Just my favorite of all of the Ram Stroker Dracula um, in camera effect things. Um, yeah, the. <laughs> As I say, there's a couple moments in like the bomb where there was like a bunch of things floating around, and I was like, "What's that?" 
Yeah, I wonder if they did like water stuff. I I feel like there was a lot of water play with that. Um, oh th- yeah, there was like some two thousand one shit when he was like imagining like electrons. And that shit was like so that. cool when he's young in the beginning. Yeah. That shit was so cool. But that's going back to that too. Even like um, James Darcy, he they had like um oh fucking what's his name the safe guy from Army of the Dead's in this I, again and how would you class it. I Sean, can I like can I suggest the meme um for for our episode? Yeah. Uh it's um Portkins and and Indiana Jones is just like he's like, "Well, wh- wh- who's taking care of the ark now?" And and he goes, "We have our cute we have cute boys working on it." And he's like, "What do you mean, who's working on it? Cute boys." boys. <laughs> <laughs> I just went through that out there. Um oh, that is good. I like that. Um Yeah, cuz the safe cracker Kenny Bronog James Darcy who's in he's in Avengers shit. There's Kenny Bradog with a fucking dumb accent again. He's just loving it. He's like, Chris, can I do a dumb accent? Chris is like, of course you can. Kenneth, I you need to. You You're playing a German, I... or I guess I don't know. Who was he? he was Niels Bohr? I think that's is German, it? right? German guy. Niels Bohr. Yeah, I think because he was him. Him chemistry. He's like, or he's like the father of like understanding a lot of the atomic structure and think and stuff i think i think that is that is crazy right it's it is like the nerdy avengers right like these people are some of the most important minds ever oh yeah the safe cracker dude is heisenberg from breaking bad yeah (laughs) uh yes he did made foundational contributions to understanding atomic structure and quantum theory for which he received the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1922. Jesus. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's fucking wild. Oh, man. And he was like, yo, Einstein, debate me. And they did. Um, so, uh... <laughs> it is funny that Einstein's in this, right? It's, it, it's, it's kind, of, kind of funny. They're like, oh, hey, Einstein. And he's just like, I'm old. You don't need me anymore. It's like, oh, come on, Einstein, do your thing. You're all right. He's that big brain. Check out the... <laughs> Check out the big on. brain on Star Einstein. His hat falling off. Oh, uh, fuck. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I got some notes. I'm going to see if I caught, checked off all my notes. Oh, James yeah. Woods presents Oppenheimer. He executive produced this for some reason. <laughs> what a weird, fucking weird guy. Sure. <laughs> I think it's because he like linked people together. I think or like got rights or something. Um, yeah, well, he's like a weird right wing. Oh yeah, went insane or was always insane. You know. I mean, I have you. You haven't seen the specialist. He may have always been insane. Um, <laughs> I still haven't. That's that was one of the things I tried to watch over the summer. I didn't get to it. But. Um, I think that's all I got on Oppenheimer in my notes. I, th- I have stuff that ties back into it, but it's more Barbie related, I guess. Yeah. So I know we've already been going for over an hour and I know you're tired. Um, but <laughs> I, I could I probably, mean, I could, I don't have a ton on Barbie other than I really liked it. Um, well, and I think, well, well, I was going to say one thing, just last thoughts on Oppenheimer. Just to, just cause we, we started talking on this where do you think it's his best movie? it's not my favorite of his but yes i do think it's probably 
I don't know. I need to sit on it more. I think I need to see it again. But I think I could pull up my. I pulled. I, I think I did a Nolan ranking on Letterboxd if we want to. Interesting. Those. If you want to go through. Interesting. The, go through the rankings. Yeah. Um, wait. Now. I, oh my God. I want to hear your your Nolan ranking now. That's interesting. So, all right. I'll go from the bottom because I I don't even really think I've seen Following an Insomnia fully. So I just kind of put those at the bottom. Um, so Insomnia I, is very, it, it's it's good. It's like a rock solid. Like they don't make them like this anymore. Kind of just thriller. Yeah. Um. I th- I think I got all right. So then from there it goes. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Uh, Dunkirk. Tenet. Ooh. I'm big. Dun- I, I'm a lot big Tenet fan. I love Tenet. Memento. Uh, okay. Inception begins. Oppenheimer, Prestige, Dark Knight, Interstellar is my number one. Interesting. So I have Oppenheimer as fourth behind Prestige and Dark Knight, Interstellar. Interesting. I don't know what my Nolan ranking would be, but I do think it would be different than yours. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a little uh, little out there. I th- I'm a big Prestige guy. I love that shit. Uh, you're pretty out there, bud. Uh... <laughs> You got some crazy stuff. You think you see the world in wild I... and weird ways. <laughs> I'm a bit of a free thinker. Um... Yeah. <laughs> um, I okay. So I think this movie has all of his strengths and weaknesses on display. Strengths, and it's also like story things he likes to tell or inverts. Like all the stories always have like men who have to go away from their families for a while but this one he gets to bring the family to him um which yeah. is crazy so that's like still in there his wife's not There's... dead dead girlfriend dead girlfriend and she yeah uh we already talked about that i don't want to talk about it anymore no we don't i, I just um, that's the trope though is the dead wife yeah no there, there's always that dead wife or like in the case of mal in inception it's like oh there's some uncomfortable stuff in there where it's like i think i made my wife kill herself it's like that's like hey man i don't i don't know good therapy um uh, men will literally create films i mean that's every filmmaker men will literally become death the destroyer of of worlds instead of going to therapy sean that's another meme but we could put barbie on it we can have barbie saying that one Um, uh, but I think it, I think it has all of his strengths and weaknesses. It has, I, I, no one I really like, cause you can always see what he learned from his last movie going into his next movie. It's kind of Pixar like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he, he, that, that's, that's an auteur baby. He's it's, it's, there's a through line through all of them. Yeah. Where I feel like Dunkirk was his last, and every once in a while he has like a, a mile marker movie. And I think Dunkirk you know, it was like two movies ago. Dunkirk was absolutely like a mile marker movie. I like Dunkirk a lot because it's, it, it moves. It's just like harrowing and it's not, you know, it's more of a, I don't know. Dunkirk's interesting, but it does all the different timeline stuff. Yes. Time. He, that, he learned how to do big crowd stuff um, and like the Dark Knight Rises and Dunkirk uses crowds really, really well with like the one shot of all the heads turning, stuff like that. Like Oh, yeah. He learned all the spectacle kind of stunt work, and then it's like interstellar, different types of special effects, model work. And then like Tenet was just like going as practical as possible, seeing what he can do, 
I just watched a Patrick Wilms video that talked about um, Tenet and like vibes and vibes movies, which I thought was really interesting. But um, I'm all about the yeah, vibes no, it's, movies. Yeah, I think it's I think it kind of works as like his best movie because it also has all of his flaws, where it's just you know it's boring white men in suits just like talking and being important, but it's he's not like glorifying any of it. It'll just be weirdos online who will glorify it and. But like yes, they, you know, they can fuck off. But um, Modine's in I, this fucking thing. Oh my god, Sean! That that was supposed to be the punchline to my cute boys thing, and I got this movie made me be able to go and Matthew Modine, my favorite. Whenever he shows up, I go and Matthew Modine. <laughs> I forgot he is, he's the best. I Gail's watching Weeds, and I'm like Matthew Modine's in this too, and Matthew. You gotta throw the end on. It's really fun. And Matthew Modine. <laughs> oh, I like that because that was that's an inside joke with my pals too. Did I ever tell you that story? Were you there for that? I have no idea. We went to go see Dark Knight Rises at school when they were doing the screenings, and me and the buddies right. went. And I, you know, we we were pretty saucy. And Modine yeah, shows so up, and I just go Modine. <laughs> So now we have an and Matthew Modine. I like that. There's like an there's an addition to it. It's oh, it's great. I love oh, it. I just, it's, yeah, it's evolving. Of, oh, I just I've been doing that because of Stranger Things for years. Because the Stranger oh. Things uh, credits, he's listed as and Matthew Modine. So you're watching it. It's like and Matthew Modine. It's my with, favorite. It's with Win- Winona Ryder and Matthew Modine. It's it's the Vince McMahon like meme where he's like oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh fuck yeah. bad with, dude great meme with um, Sean Astin uh, I feel like there's like two other cute boys who were just like I don't know I already said James Remar right <laughs> James Remar <laughs> there's like some weird I forget who's with Truman but it's like again it's like some random rando character actor. There's, yeah, it's like uh, I thought. I was like, I'm, I'm surprised Richard Schiff didn't show up in this thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's so fucking movie. It fucking rules. Um, no Michael Caine cameo. I think I was no. expecting him to be like, no, his first one in a while. Yeah. Well, I think they gave him like a send off in Tenant. There's that weird scene where it's like, goodbye, Sir Michael, and thank you for all of the Murphys you've been. <laughs> George. <laughs> George. George, you like Calm my down. reference? Jeez. Jeez Louise. Jeez um, Louise. But yeah, I'd say it's better than Suicide Squad. So. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. I did just rewatch The Suicide Squad, and that movie is really good. The James Gunn one, right? Yeah. I'm mixing them up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the movie's uh, fucking great. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a different movie, but yeah, it's probably better than The Suicide Squad as well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's a film, so. you know? It's a film. It is, and it's like, it's annoying to do that designation, but because I think of all the hype behind, like, the Barbenheimer thing, it's like, I think you do need to go in with that mindset. Because we never, the, how did you feel about the 70 millimeter? I loved it. And not just because of the look, but it just, like, felt like a, an appointment screening where it's like a hot ticket. Like, it's hard to get tickets for it right now. And I feel like yeah. everyone's just there to see this thing in, like, in a kind of different way. It felt very, I don't know, it felt, felt classy. Is that dumb? No, it, it kind of, it felt like what 
probably what it felt like to go see a Star War in the seventies, in a way. Like not on that not on that level of like fervor and scale, but in the sense yeah. that like you felt like you needed to see this thing in a theater in this setting. Yeah. It felt yeah. important, you know? It felt important and, and I feel like not doing the trailers and doing it just felt like it was like a weird special it felt like going to a play or something. Um, yeah it's it's like when tarantino does a road show with hateful eight or mm-hmm. something like that like it's it's yeah it's more than just a movie yeah there's a little something else to it and you're like okay this is like a special you want something to think about i've been thinking about it non-stop since i saw it oh a hundred percent yeah 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 a hundred percent again i think the ending is so fucking haunting that it's like you're like, oh, wait, what? Like, you're like, oh, I guess this really was about the destruction of the world the whole time and how we could do it in many different ways now. Uh, and is it already too late? Is it? Uh, then you're, it's like, oh, the oceans are boiling. And um, well, what would you think of Barbie? Uh, <laughs> Barbie was great. Um, I, 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 I think I can say definitively, you heard it here first, that. Greta Gerwig is the most definitive millennial filmmaker out there right now. Wow. Uh, what do you think? Like, in terms of like actually having a voice like as a millennial saying things that millennials... I don't know. What do you think about that? Wow. I... I mean, I kind of agree... Because there aren't that many to begin with, so that who is else would be like the Safties? But they kind of—they're—that's what I mean. They're not speaking to millennial sensibilities, really. No, which I, like, like Lady Bird and this do. And I mean, Little Women is such an old timey story that she made feel so fucking. I'd never seen any other version of Little Women. And I, this is here's my my quick review of Little Women. Uh, it's the only scene in which a marriage proposal happens in the movie, and it made me cry. I've never seen one in a movie that actually got me to cry. Yeah, it was when Florence Pugh gets engaged. And I was like, oh my god. And then, um, also, did you remember, um, speaking of scenes where you should put the uh, Avengers Endgame crowd cheers to? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Can we do it where Bob Odenkirk <laughs> comes in? <laughs> Unless that's already happened. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. On that's your so left, funny. um, yeah, um, I I had that thought today. I was like, I this was one of the few movies that felt like it was speaking to that our generation in a lot more ways than you know TV is now. I think, um, uh, yes, and it, yes, and a hundred percent. That was part of the reason why I liked it so much. It's because the reveal. Um, we're just going to the full spoilers, obviously. But the uh, you are an hour and a half in each ship. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> we're five years into this. Uh, uh, seven years? I don't know. We're <laughs> yeah, because well, because I saw this like a couple. I saw this like a week and a half ago, and I, yeah. I just can't. Yesterday was my birthday, and you know, I, I I camped, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how much sleep I got, but um, I was about to say the uh, America Ferrera. Yes, the America Ferrera of it all is that is I think the pitch that Greta Gerwig had uh, in that it's like, it's not about little girls playing with Barbie. It's about the gender. It's, it's about the idea of what Barbie represents, how that was marketed to our generation 
what that meant to us, did it live up to what it was supposed to, and then what does that mean that we're still handing it down to our kids and the generation like after? Like it doesn't, does it still mean anything? And then it's and it's like, but also I really loved this when I was a kid, and if I were to pick up and play with these, like what would be the things that I'm like working out? You know, like yeah, when, when it was revealed that it was the the uh, thoughts and everything that were sinking in to Margot Robbie as Barbie's head were from America Ferrera. I was like, this is good. Cause it's, it, it's awesome. Cause it's like, this is about mothers and daughters. And it's, I mean the whole, it's from the, even though I missed the first like two minutes, I went back and watched it later. It's literally about like evolution. It's the 2001 thing is not just a gag. It's yeah. The, it's the charting of, of an evolution of like an idea. And so it's kind of, it's really fucking does rule. This movie goes so fucking hard and it doesn't have to. It is. Well, because, like, I, we've been kind of complaining about this with movies re- recently. They all kind of have that fever dream feel where they're not – they feel kind of disconnected. This movie yeah. uses that to its strengths. It, it's, like, it's – it whether it knows it or not, it's it, it has the fever dream feel to it, but it's it works 100%. Yes. It works yes. to this film's advantage. The pace of this thing, especially in the first – I would say that's my main my main criticism with it is that I do think it gets bogged down in plottier shit and like like three fourths of the way through I think it's kind of like slows down to deal with some like plot stuff but otherwise yeah. the fever dream and the the pace and the energy and just have the light touch that it has for like so much of its fucking run still like seventy five percent of the movie is yeah. so fucking good and it's just like it's just gags. And it's just it's just like jokes, and then like thing like thematically things like woven in together, and it's it's fucking good. This thing fucking rules. It it is so much fun too, and it's equally as existential as Oppenheimer. Um, oh yeah, it's it's so good. Um, Gosling and Ree Perlman. <laughs> Ree Perlman. Oh my god, she's great. I was like, look look at this. This is amazing. When I saw um, that name pop up in the credits, I was like, are you? fucking kidding me uh margot robbie i just wanted to give her a hug i just felt so bad (laughs) yeah you know like you're just like oh man like and then they did the bat the helen mirren's voiceover bit was it was the perfect tension cutter like yeah chef's kiss um like <laughs> shouldn't cat yeah like somebody doesn't feel like beautiful it's like eh, margot robbie might not be the best choice for this part you, you know what scenes you know what is going going to her again going like similar to oppenheimer this is the best use of margot robbie i think since she's kind of been trying to have big movies i think that she's been she's consistently great in everything that she's in i think like, I've never seen a Margot Robbie movie and go, like, oh, well, she was bad. Like, she's always yeah. really good, right? Yes. But then the rest of the movie itself is either, like, fine to, like, a dud, or it's, like, her time as Harley Quinn is, like, a lot of really good stuff, but never quite rising to full greatness. And it's, like, I like Birds of Prey. The Suicide Squad is great. And, uh... I guess it's just Suicide Squad, but like those two movies are really good and different, and all the Harley stuff is like different in all three. And it's like they were just starting to really get there, but yeah, whatever. I know you're right. Um, yeah, it, this good... this it's like this movie, it, like every the stars kind of aligned on this one, you know. One hundred percent. 
I, yeah, I, I fucking Ryan Gosling. He, <laughs> we need to make him do more comedy because the nice guys is an all timer for me. Um, well, yeah, hundred uh, percent. He's I've I've said for so long his when he drops the cigarette in the in the in the stall that is some of the best physical cop that just like whole him dropping the cigarette and trying to keep the door open and like hitting himself and burning himself is <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. Um, yeah, the I I thought this movie was incredibly kind to men too. I. I think a lot of people misread that and I I I my reading of this whole thing is that the 1% are the villains and the patriarchy also hurts men um and that uh, you know right am I am I on something no keep, here? No, keep going keep going I'm, I'm um, quiet cuz I'm like yes uh and that like uh ironically the joke that kind of cracked it for me was the Snyder cut joke because if everyone remembers Zack Snyder employed a shitload of bots to get that going so most of the Snyder cut rhetoric is fucking not real people and the whole purpose of that was to serve him to serve the 1% to make the movie happen and I'm like it just kind of set me down the rabbit hole of like a lot of sexism isn't even it is obviously real but it's also perpetuated by the one percent to feed the anger of men that are disenfranchised for whatever reason etc uh-huh. etc et so because okay because i yes yes okay let's 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 keep going down this because you're you're yes you you're wording that way better than i could have because the ken of it all is obviously the best not that I, I feel like it's like shitty. Ken's a bit like because we're again, it's the the, the dudes. We like, I mean, I but like, like how boy. that's. I mean, that's kind of how we are supposed to. We're supposed to see this movie through Ken, right? Like Ex- exactly. Yeah, I think that. But but I still. Well, I was gonna say I was like because you were saying the existentialness of Nan, and how you want to give Margot Robbie a hug. I, I I wanted to get this in that scene where she's on the bus stop and just crying and just looking at life, and then she just says, turns to the old woman next to her and tells her that she's beautiful is like. Yep. I can't stop thinking about how, how good that scene is. And, like, there's just weird, weird scenes like that sprinkled up throughout. Like, the Billie Eilish song that they use is, like, insane. But anyway, uh, pivoting back, the Ken of it all, right? You're 100% right. Because in this in the movie, Ken doesn't have any sense of self, right? And I'm, like, watching the movie, not to, not to, I don't know, not to, whatever i was like i was like fuck i was like in, i don't know i was in this boat not long ago <laughs> yeah like, some some of the shit near the end when he's just like i don't have any other identity like what did like who am i yeah uh all of that so he goes to the real world sees that men are supposed to be in charge but he's kind of he's like happy but he's not satisfied before the movie starts because he's like okay i'm barbie's girlfriend but i just kind of hang out at the beach i don't really have a job i don't really do anything he doesn't really know he's not in touch with himself he doesn't have any other sense of identity the whole movie is about like identity and then but one thing i love is that the whole movie the whole time it's very clear what he wants to be doing and what he likes it's horses there's no (laughs) everything we're talking about it's like it's like a gag where he's like (laughs) 
but the whole movie he's obsessed with horses so it's like well if you like horses so much why don't you like i don't know go work with horses man it's like <laughs> but you know what i mean like yeah as soon as i found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses i lost interest so good it, exactly it, it's all that that gag it's so funny but i think it also has that emotional undercurrent of like he doesn't give a shit about the beach. He wants to be a cowboy Ken. What is his outfit? Is the one outfit he's got the tasselly cowboy thing, or it's just like yeah, yeah. It's it's so that's, fucking good. That's it's, so true. Oh my god, when they go to Venice. Yep. Oh fuck. Yep. That was that was kind of one of the things where I was just like, oh, he's a weird like horse dude. He just wants to like he doesn't, but he's just not in an environment where that's like set up because it's not. No one's thinking about him. Yeah. He's not thinking about himself. Like it's that. he's just Ken. Because he's just Ken. That musical number, I've listened to a whole bunch. Did I? And I forget if I said this in a group chat. Um, I put it in another group chat when I had this thought. on the. I was listening to the Barbie soundtrack on the way to Oppenheimer. And <laughs> yeah. I had this thought. As one does. As one does. Um, which also, the soundtrack for this thing fucking slaps. And it's I've great. fallen down a Dua Lipa hole where I'm like, where have I been? Where, how have I been missing all of this? Um, like, <laughs> She's she's fucking great. Um, I was about to say, but the uh, 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 but, but, but the Ken song, right? Obviously, front runner for best original song. Yeah. What other big movie, Sean? Has do you think would probably get a best original song from this year? There is an answer that I'm fishing. Oh, uh, Mario Bros. Right. Uh, remind me, Ken. What's peaches, that peaches, peaches, peaches. And who sings it? Jables. Jack Black better fucking cover this Ken song at some point. They <laughs> sub sub thought if and if the Oscars happen this year because you know, obviously the strike and everything, yeah. uh, they should just do something called just the Jack Black medley where Jack Black just does every best song. I, I I nominate Jack Black to do everything in the Oscars: host, present, do all do all of it, model for all of the awards <laughs> for one year. Yeah, do I won the, MT- the Jack Black Do the MTV Oscar. Movie Award thing where you edit him into all the movies, too, you know? Do that thing. <laughs> See where he swings the Spider-Man, and then he goes, pass. But you could do it with a different Spider-Man. You can still do it. <laughs> what if Jack Black, MTV Movie Award, Spider-Man shows up in Beyond the Spider-Verse? I, I, I would will. fucking stand up and scream. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. And he um, does... He, yeah, they combine them with um, turn off the dark because why not? <laughs> oh yeah, there's a totally missed opportunity there. Um, uh, yeah, I I I thought that fucking Kate McKinnon was so good. She was they were doing like a Blade Runner thing with her, like she was doing the whole Pris thing, right? Oh my god, she was. That's oh my god, that's such a good call. <laughs> I was like Blade Runner, hundred <laughs> percent. Because she's all she's doing like Pris and then the weird toy maker guy. That is such a good call though of her just doing Pris because she's hers. I mean, just weird Barbie is just such a. I was telling my parents were asking about because I'm down at the beach right now. Uh, my parents were like, "How was it good?" And I was like, "Well, like there's things like Kate McKinnon is weird Barbie, who's a Barbie who has played with too much, so her hair is all like cut off and her legs are broken." And then my mom was like, I had a Barbie that I put into a bun and I would drive like a, a bobby pin like into its head. And I was like, well, you had a weird Barbie because you played with it too hard. 
And she, oh. she seemed to be delighted by that. I was like, and it's Kate McKinnon. You like her. And she was like, oh, that's good. But, oh, God. Yeah, it's like, um, uh, what is it? Cynthia, Angelica's doll, and um, Rugrats. Icon. Icon. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, all of the Barbies were great. Is- Issa Rae. Um, as the it's a dream house, motherfucker. <laughs> At the end, she's like, it's a dream house, motherfucker. Yeah. He's like, I was dying. I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, oh, there's so, you, you know what, one... She's great. Who else is in this fucking thing? Um, uh, I'll, half the cast of uh, Sex Education. Um, right. Was uh, it Emma Mackey? Emma looks Mackey. Just like, yeah, who looks a lot like her. Yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie. Hari Neff, I think, is how you say her name. Um, she was Dr. Barbie. Dude, the doctor, when Ken thinks he broke, broke his arm and they go to the doctor, and the, the doctor playset van opens up, I was like... <laughs> At some point watching this, I was like, I'm so fucking glad this thing is live action. Like, I, I'm oh, so yeah. glad. Like, it looks so good, and it's just, like, crazy sets and shit. But, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Yeah, yeah this is going to win all of the costume and set design. It has to. Dude, the costumes and the looks, and when, when Ken's throwing out all the, the clothes and they, like, <laughs> shout out all the actual outfits, it's like, yeah. it's it's great, but it's also, like, it looks like they threw clothes and then like did fishing line to like hold it up in midair. Like it doesn't look like it's actually like a CG. Oh right. yeah. The, Cause it they, did kind of like pull it taut and it kind of like dangled there. Right. And they do, it's like weird frame rate thing. Yeah. There's, and I think some of the wides, like when they sh- like zoom out and it's like the, like Barbie and Ken and like, when they're driving in like a, um, in the pink car. Right. They did and all they that practically. Like, I saw BTS of that. It looks like they just put Barbies in a fucking car and drove it around. It's awesome. Oh it's yes, so the, the extreme wides. Yes, I know what you're talking. Yes, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, but oh, but I know what you're talking about when when they, when they go to and from when Barbie they actually world, have to transition into the real. Yeah, that was all like they had like the spin the water on the spindles spinning around and stuff. Yeah, how crazy That's is so the cool. waves? The frozen waves? Yeah. She was fucking crazy. The it's... beach was so great. Everything about it. I, 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 I can't wait to see more BTS of that because I just want to know how much they built and you know, what they did. Yeah. Cause... I mean, I think like everything. Like nothing looked CG-ish. Like that's... that's Maybe like the like... sky. I don't know. Like that That would be the only thing. Volume, man. Or like just a... Yeah. A lot of it's like... Um... Blue fucking backdrop. Yeah, it's just like different lights and stuff. Like, it's all very stagey and oh my god, you know who'd love this? Jill Schumacher. Uh, oh my like, god! Like, actually though, um, yeah, uh, he would. He, he's he's <laughs> smiling and just winking down, just like very good. <laughs> it's a toy commercial. Um, um or he's he just gets flashbacks. Um, <laughs> uh, I. I adored this. I, again, I, I, if you have any media literacy, it's not anti-men. It's, it's ridiculous to think that. Um, I I think it's ridiculing these concepts. And it's also a very like surface level understanding of both, but I don't think that's bad because it's like, if you show this to your kid, like 
Yeah. My well, that's true, too. Wife are, yeah, because my brother and his wife are, like, expecting. And it's like, you pa- if you are, like, our, like, the millennial generation and you were to share this movie with, like, your kid or, like, your niece or something like that or nephew or whatever, they're going to have now the literacy to describe these concepts and, like, see one is, re- like, see the ridiculousness of both and it's just kind of like, well, you know, pick and choose kind kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I think it gives. I don't even know if this is a necessarily a kids movie, but like, it's it's fucking good. It's the spiritual companion to the Lego Movie I've been itching for for like a holy yeah, yep, right. Like I, I mean, to to the point where they have the song in the morning. I'm like, yeah, this is it. Like, the song is so funny. <laughs> it's great. It's I and it's it's also the only movie to really recreate or capture that essence of the Lego movie since the Lego movie. Yeah. And many, I mean, it helps I, with their products, but it's like, this is so different. And I think it like the Lego movie too tried to kind of be about like toxic masculinity and stuff. This is weirdly a better version of the Lego movie too. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, that's, and that's the thing too. It's like, why not give if you're gonna if you feel like you need to make this ip which i get it then give it to people like greta gerwig you know to to have an interesting take on it and oh yeah run with it you know yeah where she gets she clearly loves what these things mean but it it really has the the feel of like while she was looking to try and come up with a pitch she ended up playing with barbies herself and in like started realizing like if I were to play with toys in the same way that I did when I was a kid, what stories, what things are going to bubble up through this. Yeah. Um, and like have that where it's like the, the toy should be there to represent, to help represent these kinds of things. And it has to evolve in different ways. It has to evolve to meet the needs of each generation and I don't know, things like that. Like it's, it's, it's yeah, and I good. the it I think the essence of that is when Barbie first asks when she's dancing, do you ever think about dying? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so uh, good. dying to dance more. <laughs> I the dance cried. scenes were so good too. I cried at the first dance party when I was just watching everybody be happy and they have the the Barbie using a wheelchair and I was just like, you I was like, this is all so nice. <laughs> I was like tearing up. I was like, this is so nice. It's great. The music's so good. I, like I, the, the dancing is better. Gosling did better than this in this than La La Land. He was doing more. <laughs> Dude, he's did so he, funny in La La Land, man. Dude, he's fucking hilarious, bro. I when he dumps her ass, bro. Um, Dude, when he's doing all that jazz, and it's like this is the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. He's got the floppy hair. Um, yeah. yeah, it is a. <sighs> The the Ken War, the like the Ken battle, the beach, the beach in, off, the the well the one at the end, the beach off at the end that yeah. descends into like the uh, like fifties or sixties style like dance number is so when that was happening I was just like jaw dropper I was like this is fucking great this is so and it's making it's so extra and it's so extravagant but it's just making the point of like it's just posturing. It's yeah. all the when when there's nothing like they're not fighting over anything they're just pretend fighting it's just posturing it's so it's such a good indictment where it's like it's posturing to the point where it's like 
I don't know, are you guys gonna like make out? Like not even in a reductive way. It's like what it's like what is happening here? Like what are we what are we doing? Yes. Yeah. And then it yeah, and then it devolves into a dance number. It's yeah. great. It's it's like it's... a mixture of singing in the rain and grease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was um, like they don't they don't make them like this anymore. Oh no, not where at the all. floor of the set is like massive. Like when was the last time you saw like a massive floor set, you know? Yeah. There's that one shot of all the Kens, one of the better gags when when the Barbies are um deprogramming each other and they're they're like one thing you can always do is like pretend to be bad at sports and it's like here let me help you with that here let me help you with that here let me help you with that and then it's the wide of all the kens on the set and they're like let us help you with that it's so good <laughs> and it's got a big floor you're right <laughs> it's so great um the fucking film bro jokes were great too like explaining the godfather um <laughs> And I turned to Gal, I was like, we saw it at the same time for the first time. Can't get me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. And I, I love uh, when Gosling ta- uh, takes uh, the glasses off. And he's just like, yeah, now you're beautiful. It's so good. He plays it so good because it's like, you probably had to do this for real in a movie. Like, It's, it's got fucking jokes. This thing's got it jokes. Does. It does. I want to see both of them again. I do. I, I'm i definitely going to end up here. This is where I'm at. I'm probably going to buy Barbie when it comes down to 4K. This is going to look fucking great. Colorful. Yeah. I think there's a lot to love and nuance. I would love to watch more of the making of and stuff. Uh, Oppenheimer is one where I'm like, I don't know if I need to own this. Because when am I ever going to be like, I you know, I got like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just casually watch Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I probably I definitely you're right. I think I think Barbie's really gonna pop on 4K. Um, I mean Oppenheimer too though. I'm like just for the film of it all, you know. Yeah, I'll probably be swayed at some point, but <laughs> I'll probably I'm not gonna buy it like day one though. Those are gonna be like sale no. purchases. Um, no. Yeah, fucking, they're so good though. I, I, I feel, you know, this was this was the Top Gun Maverick weekend of the this year. Um, yeah, Sound of Freedom, I think took a lot of money from top from Mission Impossible. Uh, Um, So the real impossible mission is um, creating an accurate narrative about. um, whatever the fuck that movie's about um, <laughs> um yeah but i yeah i just love that this happened <laughs> like it's it's just like wonderful you know like there's nothing there's no other way to phrase it where it's like this is just a wonderful weird double feature and like man there's still so you know wait can i wait there's a couple other things from barbie we didn't even talk about will ferrell it's some of will ferrell's best shit in a while um, oh yeah he's he says so one funny. line that's so good. I forget what it was. One of, the, one of his like cronies at one point is like he's like it's like something that doesn't make any sense. Like uh, a choir of like two thousand young dads. You're like, he's like a, like two trees having a podcast or a choir of two thousand yes. young dads. <laughs> really I was like, is that like a, really funny? Is that like an ant reference? I don't like it, like because it's like you're moving too slow or something. Like two trees with a podcast. I I I, I was like that's an ant something. I don't know. 
I don't even I don't even remember what the context was of it. I just remember the two thousand the choir of two thousand young dads is so that is just the phrasing of that is so fucking funny, I think. <laughs> uh uh There's again, it's just got like jokes and I think everyone's kinda getting made fun of. Um uh, I was about to say, um, I, I want to get this out before I forget. America Ferrara's husband, that cutaway is so funny, and I love that it's not like Andy Samberg or something. It's like just her real life husband. Oh yeah, you know he's about? trying to learn. He's trying to learn Spanish, right? He's he's doing Duolingo. I also am like, I don't think their marriage is great because I feel like she probably imbued Ken with whatever was going on with the two of them. I, I was like, I was like, I think that's also another thing you're supposed to be maybe picking up on. That he's oh. kind of, he's kind of the wet blanket of the relationship, but like, because yeah. they really like, they're like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, should they really brush him off? And then he's just like such a dweeb. <laughs> but, uh, but I, my, someone had the reading of that Ken was play was being played with by a horse girl. And I was like, that's, that's, that's great. That's so good. I fucking love that. Yeah. It just doesn't, oh my God. The um, <laughs> but uh, I was about to say her husband though. Uh, at the end, he says uh, "si se puede" or "si se puede," which means "yes, we can," which is from "Gotta Kick It Up," the Disney Channel original movie that America Ferrara starred in. Wow! I never saw that movie, but in all the commercials, America Ferrara would be like "si se puede" or "si se puede." That means yes, we can. And that was that was the whole thing. And he says it at the end, and she's and she like corrects him on his pronunciation. And I'm like, that's amazing. I'm, she probably would correct me right now, but I need to get that out there because I was like, I feel like this is a deliberate reference for us. Oh yeah, that's an that's a hundred percent an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, great. I love that. This whole movie, fucking, it's it's just so good. Just go see it. If you've already seen it, go see it again. It had the best trailer. It has the best fucking tagline. What is the tagline? Well, the trailer, the tagline in the one trailer was, if you love Barbie, this movie's for you. If you hate Barbie, this movie's for you. And I'm like, this, no notes. Fucking no notes. (laughs) That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's, it's great. Um, Um, Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a ton of. Simu Liu is great. Yeah, he's good. Oh, One Michael Sarah. Oh, as Alan, building, so not knowing how to build his wall wide. <laughs> when they, if they figure out how to build that sideways, we're in real trouble. It's <laughs> such a funny gag. <laughs> and, then, and then they just establish that Michael Sarah's been keeping up on his Scott Pilgrim training <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> All my close fit can. Oh God! It's so he's so when he can't jump over the fence. <laughs> what the fuck! It's so good. It's there's yeah. Sarah's great. One of the other Kens was the bad guy in Secret Invasion, and <laughs> Secret Invasion fucking sucked. But um, I've heard horrible things. I'm like, do I even bother with this? Because I haven't even bothered uh, some I'll, of the better shows. So it's really boring. It's a lot of sitting down and talking, and Sam Jackson sometimes is really jokey, and then other times is like super serious. And it just kind of feels like nothing ever happens, and it's so slow. And then some char- like no one seems to be acting in character. And then at the end, can I just tell you? Can I just? I, I know that like a bunch of people are scrolls, right? 
that feels like an afterthought. Like that doesn't really play. It's just like okay, but like we know they, the the scrolls who we find out are scrolls stay in like one human form the whole time. So it's not really like anybody could be anyone. Like it's, it's which is which is like what the appeal was. I thought, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's, what are the rules? What are the rules? Uh, <laughs> that well, it's just speaking of well, I, I'm going to tell you they kind of break like. I think the main complaint is that it breaks the MCU and that, like, in the comics, you get the Super Scrolls, right? They're the Super Scroll. He's a Fantastic Four villain. who ha- He's a scroll who has the abilities of Mr. Fantastic, Human Torch, uh, the thing, and um, uh, Invisible Woman. Yeah. And so in this, they're trying to use create Super Scrolls to help because they want to just take over the Earth. Because they're like, all right, you never found us a new home, right? So then the main Ken, or the one, the one Ken... He plays a guy named Gravik, so whatever. He <laughs> uh, he gets like some samples because it's like the the end game battle. Like every hero bled or was injured, so they were able to get like DNA samples of like every single hero. And he has a machine that if you like upload the DNA samples, it will give scrolls the abilities of those characters. Oh. God, that's so stupid. But yeah, then there's some, there's something called the harvest, which is a vial of the DNA of every single being who was injured in the Battle of New York, or the Battle for Earth is what they called it. And then they put it in a machine, and the bad guy gets all the powers, and then he's like super big now. And then like, uh, Amelia Clark pretends to be Sam Jackson, and then she also is in the machine, and so it's a scroll fight where they're just. Like their arms will at one point Amelia Clark's arm turns into a Drax arm, and then like her arm will turn into like a like uh, Cull Obsidian, who is like the big Chungus from uh, yeah uh, Thanos's boys, or like a Thanos arm, or like uh, at one point like they turn into like Ebony's Maw's arm, and it like throws shit at him, and it looks bad. But it, like I stopped, I was you know I was doing dishes and folding laundry, and I stopped what I was doing because I was like, are we doing this right now? So. <laughs> oh my God. Amelia Clark has the abilities of like Hulk, Groot, Captain Marvel, uh, Abomination, Drax, Mantis, like all these fucking characters where it's like, oh, so she's all of the, and also like Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp, she uses those powers at one point where it's like, they weren't there, how'd you get that? Like, <laughs> like what are we doing? It's, oh, it's man. really embarrassing and it's like, it's she and like the extremists. They have like extremist powers from like Iron Man three. They do all this dumb shit where it's just like, okay, so now she's just out there and ha- like she's she's the most powerful being in the universe now. Like, what are we doing? It's a mess. Jesus. Yeah. And then no one's gonna see it, so they're gonna have to re-explain it in another movie. Or they never will. <laughs> just that's probably that's probably what it's gonna be. Oh man, that's, it's so disappointing to see what's happening with Marvel right now and DC for that matter. But yeah, well, I was thinking about it with Marvel. You know how, like, Endgame takes place, I think, in twenty twenty three, right? So yeah. like, everyone gets snapped out of existence, and then five years pass, and then in twenty twenty three, how great would it have been if they didn't release another movie until twenty twenty three? And then and they, they could actually have dealt like, with, made people wait. Yeah, they made people wait, and then they wouldn't have just rushed through half the unit. Like they could have had time to think about it, and then it like how half the universe was snapped out of existence. They could have like 
there would have been like a real world connection to it. Like they kind of fucking blew it. Like in terms of like using what actually happened. Right. Is that crazy? Yeah. I, yeah, I guess hindsight's always twenty twenty, but well, yeah, I mean, they, they always, they should have pumped the brakes to some extent because they're just doing way too much and they're spread way too thin. Spread so thin. It's just like, what are we, what am I supposed to be tracking right now? Like what's the, what are we tying off to? It's, it's just who's this versus you know yeah who's this against this is all to say i'm gonna get rid of my disney plus and when it like it expired like i think my i like my bill comes in like november and i think i'm just gonna get rid of it like i may pick it up like for a month or two here or there for like andor and some of the other shows. yeah i mean we're not watching it much either lately yeah we're on hbo or max sorry and um please the shareholders Yes. Oh fuck. Yeah. Um anyway, buy physical media, uh support the mm-hmm. actors and uh mm-hmm. writers and uh fuck the studios. Uh they got they have a nice yeah. weekend though. Uh mm-hmm. well two studios did. Um but I th- hope they're gonna learn some of the right lessons from this weekend. They're probably not gonna learn any of the right lessons. They're already doing what, Saw Patrol? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a thing. just to be two bad movies, though. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's like, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> it's uh, funny that those two are on the same day, though. Like, it objectively, is, right? like, that's... well, it's like I mean, now people are just going to discover what counter programming is and try to make it a thing. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think part of the undercurrent for this was like it was uh, Warner Brothers being an asshole to Nolan. Yes, and then like. Uh, well, also, this is a tangent within this tangent. I do think, like, Universal, Universal and Paramount, I'm kind of, like, quietly rooting for them. Because I'm like, you two are the only ones that are sort of just making movies and kind of doing doing your thing. Unless I'm missing something. But, like, you guys seem like you're just kind of doing your own things. Uh yeah, they weirdly are they they want the universe and have that franchise, but they're weirdly not tied down by any of it. So I think you should use that to your advantage, right? A hundred percent. They got like a couple franchises that are like rock solid, and it's like then they just like a Universal will put out like a knock at the cabin or something, and it's like that probably costs mm-hmm. like low budge hard forty. 40 and then probably makes like 120 and it's like okay i think i think p willie p willie did uh that was warner brothers though right those the insidious the insidious movies that might be like a Lionsgate or something i could be completely wrong i feel like those are more independent yeah Um, i I genuinely the warner brothers loves p willie a lot he's in a lot of their movies yeah Um, look at him (laughs) i mean yeah i mean fucking aquaman uh (laughs) I have pitched, a friend the original pitch of that was a buddy comedy, buddy cop comedy. So I'm like curious if that's still a thing with this movie. Oh yeah, Aquaman two. Yeah. God. Yeah. Brothers, um, brothers being brothers, brother. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, it's Jason Momoa's birthday. So happy birthday! Jason uh, Momoa. Happy birthday, Jason Momoa. Um, there was like a good five minutes where I thought I maybe sure shared the same birthday with him last night, which was that's um, right. <laughs> I missed your birthday. Oh, no, did I miss your birthday? I th- no, we talked right? a bunch yesterday. Yeah, yeah happy birthday, yeah. buddy. Hey, thanks. Um, I was about to say, but the uh, I have a friend who uh, I did improv with for a while who looks just like Patrick uh, P. Willie, <laughs> uh, and he texted like our our 
old improv group chat when uh, the Insidious movie came out where he's like, hey guys, um, I just really need your help this weekend. I got a new movie coming out. Uh, I worked really hard on it. I hope you all go see it. I was like, I heard it was really good. But, yeah. Yeah. His directorial debut, right? Yeah, I think so. That's cool. It's cool that he did like a horror, like a horror sequel because it's like yeah i guess you've kind of been in a fuck around on yeah he, if anyone knows it at this point yeah hey i learned a few things from james wong i'm gonna have a camera flipping and tumbling around and doing a bunch of crazy bullshit um nice <laughs> uh, sit there i clap I'm like, yeah um yeah um you know the studios won't learn any of the right lessons from all of this uh the only lessons they're going to learn... Well, fucking Gerwig already got snatched up by Netflix immediately. Right. She's doing Narnia stuff where I'm like... But I'm, like, fine with that. I kind of... I'm I fine with like it, Narnia. but I'm also like, Warner Brothers, you're not going to hand her a bunch of money to do whatever she wants now? Well, I, you know what else I saw? I saw... Well, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, no. They should... She should be in a one-for-me, one-for-you kind, kind of... Um, yeah. ...situation. Uh... But I also saw in some interviews, she was just like, I got nothing for a sequel to this. And I'm like, good. good. <laughs> I, it doesn't have to be Barbie, too. I'm just saying Warner Brothers in general should just, I, we lost Nolan. Let's lock down Greta. Yeah. Yeah. If they're claiming Fucking, to be like the auteur-driven studio that they claim to be. At least claimed to be. Claimed, yeah. They did, I would say, like the... 2010s felt like they were actually funding like i mean the wachowskis made <laughs> a couple movies True. in the 2010s where it's like True. it's it's like it's that like fury road all of nolan stuff like i do think there was a little while where it's like with snyder snyder yeah. they were yeah they weren't always backing the right horses necessarily but also who gives a shit because like at the very least it was like I don't know. We got so much crazy shit made in that time. Interesting. Yeah, there's interesting stuff being made that people still talk about to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like us. Um, yeah. So, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, very cool. I think I, I don't know if I have any more thoughts on Barbenheimer. Do you have any more thoughts on Barbenheimer? I think we're winding down. I mean, they're both just like great. I'm. I'm just getting tired. Um. Because I saw everything, I saw everything a week and a half ago, or no, a week ago, I guess. What's today? Tuesday? Yeah. I guess I did last Wednesday, yeah. Um, so, so, and it's been a longer week. I've just been running around, so I'm like, I'm like, what happened to all those? I've also been, like, crushing fucking movies recently. Um, but yeah, I th- they're both so good in different ways, and I think both do thematically connect about the horrors of a world run by men, which I think is, like fascinating that they actually do wake up um neither uses cg like in an over uh bearing way um a lot of ink camera stuff uh yeah man fucking movies 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 two hands up yelling movies at the screen like it's tom cruise um big 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 screen big film I'm surprised Barbie wasn't um, an IMAX movie either. Probably just probably Oppenheimer. Yeah. Marvel's Marvel's is uh, 
not going to get any, not going to get an IMAX release because Dune apparently has Nah, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Stay away from Muad'Dib. Who do you think would win in a fight? Uh, Muad'Dib or uh, Carol Danvers? Uh, uh, does Muad'Dib have the full power of the Fremen behind his back? I mean... We're talking about the same guy, right? <laughs> um, the keys what's had a rack. Um, yeah. Walking no, an IMAX. He'd make a Oh, man. Walking an IMAX. IMAX walking crazy with that great head of hair that they gave him. Or he has. I don't know. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't wait. I can't. You know who I can't wait to see? You know who I really can't wait to see in this thing? Who? Baron Harkonnen. Oh, that crazy. yeah, baby. He's floating around. I'm in Dune mode, man. I'm really digging the third one. <laughs> he's got balls floating around behind him. Uh, Dini said, he's like, this movie's got more Harkonnen stuff, so be ready. <laughs> Fucking, dude, I hope the Beast Rabbit does some more screaming and crying or whatever. Yeah, he's going to have, I think Batista's going to have a lot more to do in this one, because he's like the leader of the army when they do the, uh, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for have the second half of the dude read the book it's great i i might have to throw on the audiobook or something because i'm like even reading the third reading the third one i'm like i do not fucking remember what happened for most of two two i could not <laughs> and two, two i just so, had trouble two so short but also has a lot of shit going on i just had trouble engaging with it i don't know I what it too. was because i was like what's this and, but three three is a lot more like I think I already sent you a text. But did you have you read three at all, or are you reading it? I'm or? like I've been trying. It's the same thing with the first Dune. I've been trying to reread like the first fifty pages over and over. All right, yeah, uh, everybody. Hey, tell us what you thought. Would you? How would you? How would you classify these? Did they make you throw your fists up and say movies? Did you? Who was your? Who did you? Which did you think had cuter boys? All the hard hitting questions. Yeah, like, rate, subscribe, comment, do all that fun Ooh. stuff. I want to. Yeah. I don't want to have to work anymore for a living. So I don't know. This would be kind of fun to do forever. So make us money, really? money, please. Yeah. I really want to make money off this. I thing. really got to make money. It's so good. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>